Well, well let's get right to it. Uh, I, we are ahead. <laughs> assault! I knew that Craig was going to be a menace to South Central. Welcome, everyone, to episode 441 of the Foreign Affair Podcast. I am Edward Green, joined as always by McCall in Crime, West Brad Shaw. And boy, do we have another episode for you. Um, and thank God we're doing this a day later because we we would have missed, you know, how had a Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, you I had a wet. feeling. Yeah. He really did. Wes really that did. Feel, that feeling was extreme exhaustion. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that's what I think a lot of fans felt after watching <laughs> uh, Group E and F finish Ooh. up today. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. We'll get oh into boy. that. Um, we'll have more uh, horror stories out of Qatar, thanks to this World Cup, uh, that we won't go too deeply on, but we will at least mention. And we'll, of course, uh, pimp the athletic. Um, and do the the quickest of quick watch four, or do you want to do watch four right now, Wes? As we did last Bro, week, I have got some watch four like nobody in business, but we'll hold it. Okay, we're, we're gonna, gonna do it. a traditional watch four, but I've got some sweet ass watch four. I cannot wait. Let's start though with the World Cup, uh, and we're gonna kick it to Group A. So, like I believe when last we potted, the first round robin matches had taken place uh, for the first four groups. Now six groups are completely done, so we can go through these results. Uh, now in Group A, uh, Netherlands end up topping the group. Uh, they drew 1-1 with Ecuador before beating Qatar 2-0. Uh, Gakpo, making a name for himself in this tournament, has scored in all three matches for the Dutch. Uh, Senegal, thanks to their exciting 2-1 victory over Ecuador on the final match day, are the ones to go through in second place. Ecuador fall out of the World Cup because of that result. Uh, Qatar obviously finishes on zero points. The hosts are gone, but certainly wow. and unfortunately not forgotten. Um, Worst and, host ever. We, oh, we, so we, many levels. So every single one. Um, but thankfully, Wes, the football still to, to various extents Maybe not an aesthetically pleasing standpoint has certainly been compelling. Um, and Group A, you know, I, I know the Netherlands has been in a bit of turmoil in recent international tournaments, but they've looked fairly good here. Um, we'll get, of course, uh, into the knockout stages a little bit later and just for what we have so far. Um, Netherlands, I think many people's expectations to get out. Senegal... To come through without uh, without the aid of Sadio Mane, who, of course, will miss this entire World Cup, um, for them to come out of this and especially beat what I thought was a very good Ecuadorian side in that final match uh, and was my pick to also go through as well. Um, a little bit surprised that Senegal were able to rally like that, but uh, that's great for them. And unfortunately, that means uh, Ecuador are heading home. But um, yeah, I, I think one of the themes that we'll get to is especially at this point, I I don't know that there's really maybe a, a true favorite anymore. I think you could poke holes in just about any team and that maybe opens the door for a team like the Dutch to maybe make a run that we weren't really expecting now. And by the Dutch, of course, you mean Louis Louis van Gaal, once again, proving that as long as he's not managing Manchester United, holy shit, he's elite. He's pretty good. Love Louis van Gaal, one of my favorite ever United managers. 
Right in there with David Moyes <laughs> <laughs> and, and Oli. Um, and I mean, the honestly, let, let's be honest, Group A not the strongest of groups in this tournament. No. Um, because I mean, the Dutch look solid. I, I, I've seen nothing from the Dutch. I, like, is oh shit, man, the Dutch are about to make a run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there has been the emergence of uh, Gatpo. Um, uh, Frankie de Jong has been nothing short of spectacular in this tournament so far. He is he he may be the singular player of the tournament so far. Um, yeah. Virgil van Dijk, I mean. He, Motherfucking Virgil van Dyke, brah. I don't even have to say anything. That's Virgil van Dyke, brah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Dutch have been, they've been solid. They've been solid. Um, I, I, I don't know. You know, like you said, we'll get to the knockout round a little bit. Uh, tricky knockout round match, potentially. Potentially. Um, but I mean, they're definitely favorites going into the match with the with uh, USA. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the Pulisic injury that we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they were definitely the class of the group. Um, little, little hard luck for Ecuador. I thought they, they came out looking like a ball of fire. I know that was against Qatar, but still they came out looking really good. Um, I think they may have fancied themselves to find a way through and they were unable to mm-hmm. Senegal. Man, those guys did it on guts and chewing gum, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because they're kind of just hitting that bad boy together right now. Um, they've got a very tricky <laughs> round of sixteen matchup coming up that we'll get to. But um, I mean, massive congratulations to Senegal. Um, I'm happy to see them get through. Would love to see them more full strength with Sadio Mane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, got it done when they had to. Uh, Ecuador, as we said, kind of hard luck, third place, and Qatar are the worst host nation ever. Yeah, I mean it's official. I didn't even I didn't even have to like hyperbolize this. I mean it's official. They're the worst. Objectively they, speaking, they, yeah. Yep, uh, nine points available. They took none of them mm-hmm. because they're garbage. Yep, so. they scored one goal, and that was that was a a somewhat inconsequential goal against Senegal. So not not. Not too great. Um, group B, uh, as we move on, always going to be an interesting group. Um, no no geop- geopolitical issues could come up in this one. Um, no. It ends up with the in- with the England with England taking over first spot. I believe pretty much how well, we I kind of like that. I kind of like the- how you said that. It's kind of like the Ohio State. It's like the England. The England. <laughs> the I'm sure England the rest of the world kind of looks at. I'm sure the rest of the world kind of looks at England like a lot of people look at Ohio State. Like, oh god, overrated jackasses. He's coming home. Yeah, shut up. I um, love England. So go England. <laughs> of course, um, England do make it through as group winners. Uh, the United States hanging on for dear Ooh. fucking life. They man- managed to finish second in the group. Iran finished third. Uh, Wales end up finishing fourth in this group. A disappointing fourth, I think, at the end of the day. Um, yeah. In that time, uh, Iran, with one of the first, you know, big, big shocks of the tournament, I think, mm-hmm. uh, after after the Saudi Arabia win over Argentina, um, two stoppage time goals against 10-man Wales. 
uh, was the difference there is they were able to beat them. Uh, England and the United States did something resembling football uh, and played to a nil-nil draw on that day, um, the day after Thanksgiving. And then England came out and just took care pretty easily of Wales 3-0. And like mentioned earlier, the United States beat Iran 1-0. Christian Pulisic gave literally his entire body to get that ball into the net in the first half. Uh, and that was the difference maker. And again, the United States holding on for dear life, 10 minutes of stoppage time, which uh, we do have a small story about that coming up in a little bit, which is very interesting. But uh, yeah, um, the, so the United States and, go and through. Pulisic, sorry, Pulisic picking up a a pelvic contusion, which just sounds about as horrible as anything can. Yep. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that he basically gotten kicked in the balls. Um, it seems like that yeah. may not have been quite the case. He may have gotten kicked just above them, but still, that's, that's not safe. a place you can get kicked. There's no, I mean, you know, the, the thing is, honestly, the balls, you know, to use the scientific technical term, uh-huh. the balls, um, uh-huh. I almost wonder now, unless we end up with like the rupturing of the balls, which I mean, that. Oh God! I mean, I'm I'm kind of getting the heebie-jeebies just saying those words. That almost seems like it would be more like a temporary thing, mm-hmm. where like you know, oh shit, you know, I might have to like set an ice pack for a few days, but the boys will be all right. Where pelvic contusion now, you know, obviously he's fighting for fitness for the weekend, and um, man, I can I can just imagine trying to even like walk with one of those. Mm-hmm much less like be a world-class athlete and run. And uh, you, you, you kind of know that if he's out there, Senegal is going to be like, eh, give him a little bump. Yeah. I mean, I would, why the hell wouldn't you? So, um, yeah, if, if that dude can come through and play this weekend and, and somehow be effective, mm-hmm. Chris Evans might have to give up the shield, man. That's 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 high praise for him. Um, And I would say, you know, that's, you know, lower contusion. You think about what's right above that area. There's a lot of vital organs kind of chilling around there. So that's uh, that's I actually do agree with you. I think it would have been better if he had just gotten kicked in the balls Um, as long as long (laughs) as as long as they had remained intact. It would have been better. Um, Yeah, not maybe in the moment. But but in a couple of days it would have been better. Well, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it do be like that sometimes. Um, I also do again want to give massive props uh, to, and I'm going to be kind of specific on this: uh, the Iranian players and the mm-hmm. Iranian fans <laughs> who showed up. Uh, I will say though, fuck Carlos Quiroz, uh, yep. fuck the Iranian government, and yeah. fuck the journalists who tried to get Tyler Adams and Greg Berhalter and some sort of gotcha questions uh, the day before they played Iran. Uh, those were some dumbass bullshit that you were just trying to provoke a reaction and they handled it with a plum. So fuck y'all. But the players for Iran, y'all are, y'all are absolute amazing. And if oh, you yeah. had been in any other group, I would have been pulling hard for y'all to get through. Unfortunately, it just yeah. couldn't be this group. But yeah, amazing job. And you know, I think, yeah, I mentioned West last week when they lost to England six two. I was like, "Well, they're they're emotionally spent for reasons we cannot even begin to imagine," and and it would be very easy to say, "Well, they're they're gonna just come through, play their matches, and get out." Mm-hmm. But 
God, did they put up a, an absolute fight, and they they should absolutely be commended for that. Right, right. Those boys, they came hard. They played hard. They played with their hearts on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there there is a. I know we're not to the uh, pimp the athletic now, but there there basically is an article on there saying, you know, uh, what's going to happen to these guys now that they're yep. going home. Um, because, you know, they took their opportunity on a world stage to express how they felt. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the feeling of their government. <laughs> um, you know, uh, wh- whatever you want to say about like the United States or England, you know, those guys are able to go out there. If they've got a statement to make, they can make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, just like literally look at the United States women's national team over the last few years. I mean, they have like, they have thrown like double birds to the American government and it's just like, well, it's their right. And they'll get shit um, on for it by some people, but, right, right, right. but I, nobody's I mean, like, Oh, is, uh, um, you know, is Alex Morgan yeah. or, or is one of them going to go missing all of a sudden that ain't happening. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, you know, now Megan Rapinoe might want to like stay away from a few places, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, Megan Rapino also is able to, you know, speak her mind and say exactly what she wants to say. And I mean, hell, she's getting awards for it. I mean, you know, seriously, like somebody, somebody keep their eye on some of these guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. They are, they are not going to get that. They may get a warm homecoming from their countrymen, mm-hmm. but they're not going to get a warm homecoming from their, uh, from their government. Oh yeah. Good, good luck to those guys. Good, good freaking luck to them, man. Mm-hmm. Which is sad because I've I've really liked Iran the last couple World Cups. They've played really fun football. Uh, there oh, yeah. was the year I think it was it was was it twenty fourteen or twenty eighteen where they almost beat Argentina. Um, that was that was yeah, it was, it was, awesome. yeah, it was really good. Um, any any thoughts kind of on England or Wales? Uh, again, you are you're the one who loves England, so I'm sure you have some thoughts on them. <laughs> Um, I'll start with Wales. Um, you know, I, I talked about it when we kind of previewed the group, you know, that you know, someone like a, a Gareth Bale may give Wales um, uh, a, a chance at least. Mm-hmm. And I think what we saw from Wales is, you know, it, I think if Bale and like Aaron Ramsey, those guys, if they had been more in their prime or a little closer to the end of their prime, mm-hmm. I think Wales really could have been something to deal with, but man, when those two, those two are so important to that team mm-hmm. as like the talismanic figures and they're just, they're just, they're over it. Oh yeah. They're, they're both over the hill. Ramsey, uh, Ramsey's just been shattered by the injuries. Uh, Gareth Bale, the injuries have just robbed him of just about anything he had. We still saw that magic foot of his. Mm-hmm. But um, that you know, I was almost a little taken aback when I when I watched a little bit of Wales play. When I watched the England Wales match, it's like, oh, he's Welsh, he's Welsh, he's Welsh. <laughs> it's like, oh shit! I mean, it's like they've got a whole team of like Premier League players, but they're all kind of like, it's like they've got good, solid Premier League players all over the park. Mm-hmm. And then you watch England, and it's like, oh yeah, okay. They got like the star Premier League exactly. players. It's like they they got the big, they've got the difference makers. Where mm-hmm. for Wales, for Wales, it's like they have a difference maker and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and that's pretty much it. And both those difference makers are like on their last leg. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it just wasn't meant to be for the Welsh. Um, you know, kind of, kind of sad to see Gareth Bale kind of go out the way he did, kind of mm-hmm. uh, with the, the proverbial uh, with a whimper, not a bang. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I don't think you really, really after watching him play, I don't know what more you could really expect it out of Wales. Absolutely. I, I would agree with that. It, it really was oh, yeah. just a, a feeling of, you know, pray, hold the defensive line and pray Bale does something cool. Yeah. And I mean, that's what they did against the U S basically in the first one, but that, that couldn't last. It couldn't last. And, um, and then, uh, finally England, um, <coughs> you know, it's time for one of my favorite pastimes, which is let's bash Gareth Bay, uh, Gareth Southgate, uh-huh. because he's obviously idiot. Um, <laughs> you know, but but the dummy is as as stupid as he was at times with some things. I mean, can't argue with the final results. Um, they scored nine goals. They gave up two goals. Top the group pretty easily. Um, the criticism I have for England right now is, and and here's the thing, it's a criticism if he doesn't fix it, Mm -hmm. but he has a chance to fix it. It's called the round of 16. He has a chance to fix this shit. Gareth Southgate. I mean, I know we're not talking about Jurgen Klopp or Guardiola or Pochettino here. You know, we're not talking Mm -hmm. about a, a manager who wants to go out and, attack and you know try to take the game at people but man gareth southgate will get caught being too loyal to some guys mm-hmm. raheem sterling and now I, I know i've given raheem sterling absolute abject hell on this show over the years because he deserves it but i mean raheem sterling does not need to be starting for this team right now no not anymore no He's not in form. He's by far not the best player at his position. Um, God, you've got a guy like, you've got freaking Phil Foden over there. And Phil Foden's like scrapping to get some minutes in the game that doesn't mean anything. And then he freaking takes the game over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and the question is, it's like, did Southgate get enough of it to be like, I can't keep this kid on the bench. Or are we going to turn around on Sunday and see Raheem Sterling back in the starting lineup and Mason Mount back in the starting lineup? And you're just sitting there like, oh, God, what are they doing? I mean, there is a place for Mason Mount and Raheem Sterling, don't get me wrong, but they are not the best options for this England team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just not. But Southgate gets so caught up in, oh, I'm loyal, I'm loyal, I'm loyal. It's like, yeah, loyal to a damn fault. Um. But I mean, other than that, I mean, England, England looked good. England looked good. Um, I mean, Ed, I can say it right now, without a shadow of a doubt, it's coming home. Yeah. <laughs> all, I'm all in, baby. Oh, oh man. Only takes four wins right now, man. There you go. That's all it needs. George and Mayo be gleaming. Um, don't even have to win. Yeah, you don't even have to win. All you got to do is get the penalties. Yeah, England just got to win penalty shootouts. <laughs> You know, apparently we're apparently we're good at apparently we're good at that now. So I don't I don't fucking know. I mean, when do we when do we play? Oh, we don't play Argentina until the final to blow it. So oh, yeah, uh, we'll, see that. we'll see about that. Um, speaking of the Argentines in Group C, uh, they do 
somehow end up topping the group. Um, they got a big 2-0 win over Mexico after a very, 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 very nervy first 45 minutes uh, when it looked like nothing was actually going to go right for this club. Um, they did get their 2-0 win. Messi scored, and that seemed like it kind of opened the floodgates for this team a little bit. Uh, Poland did pick up a 2-0 win over Saudi Arabia, seeing them kind of scratch, uh, crash back down to earth a little bit. Uh, Robert Lewandowski opening his World Cup account in that match in the 82nd minute. And then on their final match day, Argentina just took Poland to the woodshed. Um, they they yeah. finally look like Argentina. Yeah, and I, I believe you know somebody put it on there. They were like, you know, I, I, I haven't seen advancements like that on Poland since, oh God, who's in Argentina? <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, so Argentina <laughs> won that their match, uh, two nil again, and then Mexico. Oh, they almost pulled it out against Saudi Arabia. They end up winning two one, but it's not enough to go through. Uh, the late late Saudi Arabia goal means that Poland advances on goal differential. Had Saudi Arabia not scored that goal, Poland still would have gone through but it would have been because they picked up less yellow cards than Mexico. They had exhausted all other tiebreakers between the teams, and that was what they were going to be left with. So Mexico had to get a third. They could not do it. And so El Tri is El Gone. Um, so again, Argentina first, Poland second, Mexico third, and Saudi Arabia. After having the first big shock of the entire group stage, they end up finishing in fourth place. Um. You know, Argentina, it, it was a little nervy watching the Argentines for the simple fact that I picked them to win the whole damn tournament. Yeah. So like through two matches, it's like, oh, God, can they get out of this group? Because I think I did that like in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> I think whoever I picked didn't get out of the group stage. I can't remember. I probably picked England, so whatever. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but that third match, they looked absolutely fantastic. And, mm -hmm. and I think what you've seen from Argentina – is um, I think you've seen some progression through each match, and it kind of culminated that third match where they they have so much really really good young talent on that team, mm -hmm. um, but that talent it always seems to be this thing that like when when Leo Messi walks on the field, it's like no matter what, everybody just defers to Messi. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I understand why they did that. Now, at this point, you know, there's got to be an adjustment. Messi's not the Messi he was four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that. And in that third match, you finally saw it look like the, those those talented, talented youngsters. It, it's like it finally clicked. They're like, hey, we don't have to play too messy. We can play with Messi. Mm-hmm. And suddenly now Messi had his freedom to just like put guys open into space. You know, the one thing about Messi, average people seem to forget because all they, you know, people think about the goals and the tricks and the flicks. Leo Messi is, God, he, he might place a better ball than anybody in the world too. Yeah. He is mm -hmm. such a good passer. His vision is so good. I mean, when he comes deep and starts playing, just the things that Messi can do, and it's like it finally clicked with these kids. It's like, just because he's there doesn't mean we have to pass him the ball. Mm -hmm. And, man, if we don't, 
you know, he'll pass us the ball in some really good spots. Mm -hmm. Um, Argentina, maybe like Stella and got their groove back. (laughs) Um, that's right. Angela Bassett. That's my girl. Um, yeah, I, I picked Argentina to win this tournament. I got a little like, oh shit, what have I done? And now <laughs> I think I'm like doubling down on Argentina right now, man. They look spectacular, and I think Argentina are uh, on their way to something big. Poland, God, who was it who said? I think it might have been Ch- Wojciech Chesney said it. Yeah, you know, Chesney, a big reason that Poland going through in this yeah. group. Um. He said, you know, if Lewandowski was playing for that other team, he just scored like three or four goals tonight. <laughs> God, man, outside of Chesney, Piotr uh, Zelensky, and uh, Lewandowski, man, Poland do not have a lot. Nope. They have got, they've got like two elite outfield players, and they've got a, for as much grief as Chesney's received over the years, He's a good goalkeeper, and he is a really he he might be like the best penalty stopper in mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. and that obviously came up big for him. But um, we'll see what Poland can do. I, man, it's just it's like it's like Lewandowski is just like so wasted on that Poland team. Yeah, it, it's it's like I mean. It, it's like if Germany could go out and get like one guy just to play at the top, they would go get Lewandowski and they'd win the World Cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just this is what it is. Um, but unfortunately, this isn't the club football. It's not Bayern Munich. Uh, it's it's what it is. And um, I think Poland. I think Poland have got to be happy getting out of this group. It wasn't an easy group by any means, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they were ever felt like they were guaranteed to get through. Um, so I think they've got to be pleased to come out of the group. I don't know how much further it goes from here, though. Yeah. Um, uh, I will as far as Mexico, as far as Mexico, it's just uh, I think we're just seeing us the the decline of the Mexican team at this point with this mm-hmm. group that they've been on so long. Um, God, who's my guy from Wolves, whose name I just completely blanked on. Oh, uh, Joe, oh crap, the striker. Um, Raul, no, yeah, Ricard, no, Raul Jimenez. God, I can't. Jimenez, Jimenez, Raul Jimenez. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, you saw Jimenez coming off the bench. Ever since he got that head injury, yeah, he's he's a he's a shell of what he was. Mm-hmm. He's a shell. Unfortunately, Chicharito's beyond done. Um, a chilling goal. I mean, man, what can you say? That dude, that dude's a stud. Yep, he's the one part going forward. Yeah, I mean he's he's awesome. He's fun to watch. I've enjoyed watching him over the years in the World Cup. Um, but two, I think Mexico were hindered by the man at the top. Tata Martino is a freaking joke as the national coach. Uh, luckily, as he let everyone know, as soon as that clock struck zero, he was no longer the head coach of that team. <laughs> we'll get to someone else who did that too later. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Mexico are really pleased that he's the manager of that team. It's like if they could have done this a week ago, they may have done it. And it it's the helped, biggest win uh, Mexico got this tournament. <laughs> damn right. Um, and as for Saudi Arabia, you know, they got the big win. They had their moment in the sun, but um, I, I think if they had finished anywhere but fourth in that group, it would have been an amazing achievement. But going and getting a win at the World Cup, that's an awesome achievement in itself for the Saudis. Absolutely. 
Um, real, real big for them. I and and they might be carrying, and they might carry Ronaldo. Home. Who knows? <laughs> they might do only one offering. Um, uh, for Argentina, I will say this. Uh, I also noticed, especially in the first match against Saudi Arabia, and then again <clears> the <throat> first half against Mexico, that team looked like the weight of the world was on their shoulders too. I would say, and it mm. remind because it reminded me a lot of. Um, of Brazil, still a little bit of Brazil, but much more so back in 2014, back when the World Cup was in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And those weight, like, I think there's a weight of not just their own expectations and the fan expectations, but the expectation that this is most likely Messi's last tournament. And so I'm sure there's an air of let's, you know, do this one for Messi. And with all that weight, and then to, to lose your first match to a team you mm-hmm. should not have lost to and then to be goalless with you know some big chances against Mexico in that first half and they're not going through and you're thinking oh shit here we go again um the fact that they have now responded very well and they look much more free and as you're saying playing with Messi and not just to him i i think this Argentina team has clicked at the last mm. possible moment again after you know their great run through Conmebol and they <laughs> they could be the most dangerous team going forward. Um, oh yeah. Oh, just yeah. great job by them um to to really right the ship there in the middle of the tournament. Um group D. Well France <laughs> France France didn't quite implode like we thought they would. Um <sighs> Not, not quite, um, but they Bronze. still helped get one of the uh, one of the big shocks of the tournament through. Um, Australia uh, beats Tunisia one nil in their second match, and then beats Denmark one nil in their final match. Australia equal France on points, and they go through in second place based on goal differential. France lose their final match to Tunisia one nil after beating Denmark two one. Um, again, France will go through as group winners. Tunisia end up finishing third because of uh, their win uh, earlier in the tournament. Um, or sorry, no, their win at the end of the tournament against France. And Denmark take their lonely point back to their country as they exit in fourth place. Um, France certainly had its moments, West, where I think they looked like France. Uh, and then didn't quite look as good in some other moments. I know they made a lot of changes in the Tunisia match, so I'm not really holding that one against them, but they weren't super solid the entire time. Like I kind of figured they would be if they didn't implode. Uh, But Denmark to me has just got to be the most disappointing team of the tournament, not just in the result, but just how they played the entire time. I think they played one good half against France and the rest was just, abject so good 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 readings denmark and uh and the socceroos are joining the blue into the knockout stage um nothing with france the french look like they really haven't gotten themselves out of like second gear yet and i think it's kind of because they know they haven't had to mm-hmm. um i'm kind of intrigued to see the French going forward. It's like, you know, they've looked solid. Mm-hmm. They don't look like they've really gone hard in on anything. Man, if they if they can flip it on, France are definitely, definitely one of your favorites in the tournament, um, especially amongst the European squads left. 
Um, Tunisia, man, give it up for Tunisia. They did they they did pretty daggone well. They were close to getting themselves in for qualification. Um, you know, good for them. I think a really good showing for Tunisia. The opposite for Denmark. They were abject. They were shit. Um, they, uh, <laughs> as I sent you the meme today or the <laughs> gif, I'm sorry. Uh, I think. Um, I think Denmark fall into that category if you get what you fucking deserve. Yeah. Um, and we're 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 going to use that for a few for a few other teams coming up. Yeah, but uh, Denmark around and found out. Yeah, they you know um, you know play stupid games, win stupid yeah. prizes, and your yeah. stupid prizes you get one damn point and you get embarrassed in front of the world. Uh, yeah, they were poor. They were poor. Uh, but Ed, the story of the group. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. God, the Socceroos are going throughs. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, their fans are like scrambling for some damn hotel rooms too. Oh yeah, because there was they they had no damn inkling that they were going through in this thing. Mm. Um, good for them. Honestly, I don't think I can name anyone in place for Australia. Maybe, uh, maybe Matt Ryan. I guess maybe it's either keeper. Um. I don't, I don't know. know. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Uh, honestly, like the only Australian soccer player I can ever really name is Tim Cahill. Yep. That's the one. <laughs> uh, and it's it's been a while for old Tim. But man, good good for Australia. I don't exactly expect them to do much going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but hell, who knows, man? Who knows? Good, good on good on them Aussies. Uh, they they have gone through and. Um, you know, any time that I can turn on a match and I can hear a waltzing Matilda before the match, <laughs> it's one of my favorite national anthems. So uh, I'm totally down to hear the Aussie national anthem just once. Amazing. Uh, I did also know Aaron Mui. Uh, that, that, oh, that that's a- right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess Matt, the- Matt Ryan is their their keeper. So I'll tell you, a terrible quarterback now, but yeah. pretty damn good. Pretty damn good goalie. Oof. They got, um, they got him from from Indianapolis Colts FC. <laughs> oh, what a garbage franchise! Um, the great, great we, we, yeah, oh god, oh, one day a week. Um, <laughs> we go now to the group that the spirits told Wes to to make us wait to podcast for one day. Oh, uh, well, one of the two groups, yeah. basically the today. Yeah. E and F, and and that's pretty much the grades that a couple of these teams are getting are E's and F's. Um, for one, for about a five minute stretch in the second half, we were living in a world <clears throat> where Japan and Costa Rica were going to get out of this group, and Spain and Germany were going to be packing their bags and heading home. Now, unfortunately, for for Costa Rica. Uh, Germany came back in, in, in their match and was able to score multiple goals. Uh, unfortunately for Germany, it didn't fucking matter and they still got eliminated. Um, so after the results of... Actually, we hadn't covered the results of week one. So for the entire group, uh, right. Japan had the big win in the opener, 2-1 over Germany uh, after uh, coming back from Ilke Gundogan's early penalty in that one. Spain took Costa Rica to the damn woodshed, winning that one 7-0, and it probably could have been more. Um, in their second matches, Costa Rica somehow bounced back and beat Japan late on 1-0. Uh, and Spain and Germany played maybe the technically best match of the tournament between two teams looking really, really good. 
Um, maybe that Germany should have showed up a little bit more in the, in against Japan. Um, but they played to a one, one <laughs> draw and that set the stage for an insane final day. Japan ends up beating Spain two one with two second half goals, including one that maybe shouldn't have counted. Depends on which camera angle you look at. I don't know. And uh, Costa Rica at one point was winning over Germany two one, but Germany came back with a brace from Kai Havertz uh, to win four two over the Costa Ricans. But again, Japan, Japan ends up winning this group. Spain. Because of that lambasting of Costa Rica early in the tournament, they go through on goal differential. Germany, for the second straight World Cup, are out in groups. And Costa Rica, despite their valiant efforts, they finish in last place. Um, what just what an insanely dramatic group, Wes. Well, Ed, you know, much like in 1945, mm -hmm. uh, the Japanese held on the longest mm -hmm. out of the Axis powers. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Germans quit first, so, you know, uh, the Japanese just reminding them that, you know, we're still daddy. Oh, man. Don't you forget that. We're daddy. Um, God, what a fucking group. Yeah. I mean, the fact, A, the fact that Japan went through already had me kind of like, what? Um, Spain, I think Spain... Spain's biggest problem was they kicked the shit out of Costa Rica 7-0 in the first match because after that, I haven't seen Spain really turn up much since. I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. the, the match with Germany was fun, but I mean, you know, it's almost like it's almost like it's the worst thing that could have happened to the mm -hmm. to that young Spanish generation coming through mm -hmm. was to immediately get like that. It's like getting too much candy on Halloween. <laughs> And it's like, oh, this is great. And then, then like, a few days later, you're like, shit. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what Spain's been like for the rest of this tournament. It's like, oh, shit. Um, I think for a few days there, we thought we had found, like, these world beaters. And now we're more like, well, we all had questions about Spain anyway. So why should we be surprised by this result? Um but, I mean, they get through. Power to them. They got themselves through because the Germans cannot say the same. Alvina! Manshoft, Alvina, say! I, Manshoft, I. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I mean, and for the Germans... Shit, it's weird for the Germans because it's... it's they, I don't think they played a horrible tournament by any No, means. this isn't like four years ago. No. no, no, no. Four years ago was just abject, and you just felt terrible. Or that, well, if you're German, you just felt terrible. <laughs> now I think you've got more of this hollow feeling. Like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, it's like you know. But that man, that's why you've got to come into this tournament ready to go. And the Germans just weren't ready for that match with Japan for whatever reason. They weren't mentally there, and Japan got them. Uh, you come back. I, I, <sighs> I think if if you had told Germany ten days ago, hey, um, you're gonna you're gonna draw Spain and you're gonna beat Costa Rica, well, they're gonna be like, uh, we're good, Daka, Daka, we good, Daka, because um, I don't think in a million years I would have thought they were losing to Japan. No, 
at the worst, you're like, well, we'll get a draw with Japan if everything goes completely wrong. And that's not what happened. It went completely wrong and they couldn't pull anything from it. And that's what kills them at the end of the day. Well, let's not get it twisted. This German team is not a great German team, a vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, when, I mean, when, when when the guy who basically drug you to this point is full click. Um, yeah, who, I mean, I know we, we break down full Krug's game all the time here on the, uh, on the Foreign Affair podcast. So much tape, so much tape on the guy. It just seems like for whatever reason, it, it never makes the, uh, it never makes the, the big show. <laughs> I have to it keep cutting it the... for time. Yeah. Full Krug always gets cut for time. Unfortunately, you know, we might have to talk about it more now, but, um, you know, Thomas Miller said this is an absolute catastrophe and he's not wrong. I mean, this is back-to-back tournaments now. The Germans have not gotten out of the group stage. And, and they weren't I mean, great when you at Euros. At it, no, no, they weren't. It's almost like they got through because it was like, oh, well, everybody gets through at Euros. Mm-hmm. And then they were um, bad against England in the the for their first knockout match. Right. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think Hansi Flick is the right guy to be in charge of the squad, but it's like... There's just there's work to be done now. I think I guess we'll kind of point out Thomas Mueller because he's kind of the I guess the icon of that age group at this point. But you know it, it it's definitely time in Germany that older group needs to mm-hmm. it's time for them to go out. And I think we've seen man, this is crazy thing about. I think we've seen Thomas Mueller for the last time in a Germany shirt. Maybe yeah. Which is crazy because God has anyone been quite the servant for their country as Thomas Mueller has been for Germany for like yeah. God three four World Cups now. Yeah. Um. So you know can't take anything away from that group of guys, but I think I think their time has come. And the thing is with the Germany, I think most of them understand it. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get like a big civil war or anything because you know it's happening. But, um, yeah, overall, just a poor group stage from Germany. Just poor. And uh, they're going to be looking to bounce back at Euros, but they've got, they've got work to do. They've got a lot of fundamental work with Germany mm-hmm. needs to be done right now. Um, Costa Rica, just to throw in on them real quick, I'm going to tell you this, the United States best watch their back. Costa Rica's pretty damn good squad. Their biggest problem this tournament is their older guys are too old and their younger guys are just a little too young. Mm-hmm. They had to fight through qualifying to get there, but man, they've shown us something at this tournament. And uh, if I'm the United States, if I'm Mexico, I think Costa Rica is by far the team sitting in third place in, in the CONCACAF mm-hmm. to me. I think they're better than, I think they're better than the, uh, the Canadians, myself. <laughs> uh, but I think that's a team that could get real scary here the next few years, especially in the whole CONCACAF qualifying area. Yeah. Um, obviously, a couple of these teams won't have to worry about the next qualification because they'll, you know, the, with North America hosting the next World Cup and also expanding to 48 teams, uh, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for forgetting that travesty that's going to happen um i think i think you make a great point about costa rica costa rica reminds me of 
the United States the year after they failed to qualify for the last World Cup, where they started mm-hmm. bringing in some new, exciting young talent, like your Weston McKinney's, your Pulisic's, guys like that, yeah. um, your, uh, mm-hmm. uh, your Sergino Dest and all them. Uh, mm-hmm. and, then, and then they started trying to kind of phase out the generation that had just kind of been that just failed, like your Michael Bradley's. Right. Josie Altidore's. Uh, And that's, I think, where Costa Rica is, but they still made the World Cup, which was great. And they still, aside from the 7-0, put up a really good fight in this tournament. Um, So, yeah, I I think give them a couple years and they are going to be very dangerous at uh, at World Cup 2026. Um, Also, big shout out uh, to uh, after the... um, after the the Mexico match, the final Mexico match in Group C, a uh, big shout out to Alexi Lawless and Rob Stone, who both apparently mm-hmm. forgot Costa Rica exists, um, because mm-hmm. both of them, after Mexico lost, uh, in two separate parts of the post game show, uh, said you know, something to the effect of, "And then there was one team left from Concacaf, oh, with Costa Rica still to play." Okay. Yeah, those guys get paid for what they do. You and I are sitting here. We're giving you some. We're giving you some good Costa Rica talk, mm-hmm. folks. We're doing this. We're getting paid with the love. Mm-hmm. Lawless and Stone are getting like actual checks from an actual like media company. Mm. I'll tell you where. That's I'll ridiculous. Tell you, I'll tell you where that uh that money Lawless is getting isn't going. His hairline. Um, I'll tell you what. I could be on Fox and Friends. <laughs> I'd definitely be one of the friends, but it's all good. All, the only group of Fox and friends I would be with. Um, and maybe, maybe just Clint, maybe just Clint Dempsey. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. Just as, as long as, uh, as long as urban Meyer's not around, I'll be okay. Um, as, <laughs> if you're not going to bring any codes with you, what's the point of him could be in there? Um, group F as we move on. Um, don't sue me, urban Meyer group F, um, big, big group as well with another shock, uh, team advancing through um, it ends up being again the whole group we got to go through Morocco and Croatia nil nil draw to start with Belgium barely gets past Canada in their first match this is when the Canada hype really started to build uh, also through what the Canadian coach said after the match uh, that's why with yeah, the goal he, he, he effed up yeah, a little bit. Um, in the second round, Robin, Morocco got their big win with two second half goals against Belgium. And then Croatia pounded Canada into the dirt 4-1, even after Alfonso Davies' very early goal for Canada in that match to get them their first World Cup goal. Uh, Croatia just dominated the rest of the game, winning that one going away. And then on the final day, Croatia got their draw to advance over Belgium. Morocco beat it Canada 2-1 meaning Morocco wins the group, Croatia goes through in second, Belgium finishes in third, and Canada, much like the host Qatar, leave with zero points. And Wes, you know, I I thought Canada would be a nice little trendy pick to get out of this group along with Belgium, and neither one of them end up uh, advancing to the knockouts. What What an absolutely insane group this also turned out to be. Yeah, um, I mean, Canada was just like, I think Canada showed some naivety. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of looked like, uh, you know, Canada came in, they played that first match, and they played well, mm-hmm. and they didn't quite get over the hump, but it was like, oh, man, here we go, here we go. I think they kind of got caught up in the bright lights at the moment. Mm-hmm. 
And then I think, yeah, I think with the Canadians, we can kind of call them the, the not quite ready for prime time players. Yes, exactly. I think well, that, that that used to be the old SNL thing, right? Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a little laughable after that for the Canadians. Um, well, I'll tell you what, no one. You know, we we've seen some shocks. Obviously, Germany going home is a shock. I don't think anyone had about as bad a damn tournament as Belgium, though. Um, I mean, when it comes down to it, I think Belgium are right there with Qatar is like, oh my God, you know, what have y'all done? What a golden uh, generation. Man, that golden generation turned damn green real quick on the neck, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the green was the anger and the envy and the jealousy. I don't know. I don't know everything going on, but... Um, Apparently, Jan Bertangen and um, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne are not yeah. going. They're not going to be exchanging Christmas cards. I don't think. Um, not a lot of players. <laughs> to be. No, I think that team got real rotten real quick. They kind of did what I think we thought France might do. Mm-hmm. Um, they did it. Yep. So congratulations, Belgium. Uh, that's the closest you'll get to being mentioned with France for the rest of this tournament. I think. Yeah. Um, but very, 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 very disappointing from the Belgians. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, as disappointing as they were, damn, Morocco were good, weren't they? Yeah. God, they look really good. Like, that's a team. I, I don't know who Morocco facing the next round. You might have it. I, I can't remember who, who they're facing. But I, buddy, I, I, I would, yeah, I would not want to be on the other side from Morocco right now. It's a little team called Spain. Wait, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you. Let me tell mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you now. Mm-hmm. Spain, better, Spain better bring their damn big boy boots. Mm-hmm. They better not think that they're going to walk out there and Morocco is going to look at that uh, La Faria Roja jersey and, uh, and get a yellow streak going down their legs. Because that ain't going to happen. Those Moroccans are tough as shit. They ain't scared of shit, and they're going to come to play. And Spain best be on their game that day, or Spain's going to be the next in a line of damn victims from the Moroccans. Absolutely. What a what a performance from them. Just really, really well done. Um, still kind of amazing. Belgium couldn't find a way, and more specifically, Romelu Lukaku couldn't find a way to, to get a goal past Croatia, which would have seen them go through. Uh, well, you know, you know, Lukaku. He's never been disappointing. Oh no! Oh never! No never! Lukaku uh, never. And of course, uh, in the spirit of managers falling on the sword, uh, Roberto Martinez after the match saying he is done at Belgium. He is resigning. Which I mean, yeah, that's that, cute. That, that makes sense. Um, so I, 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 you know, I got, I got that option for my job once. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Roberto, go read this or we're going to fire you. Um, uh, I don't know if you want to really do a postmortem on Belgium, like as a as a generation we kind of joked about. Um, they did finish third at the last World Cup, which obviously was big for them. Um, I think I believe they made quarters in Brazil in 2014, if I remember correctly, after uh, scraping mm-hmm. past the United States in the round of 16. Um, so, but they had some very disappointing Euro tournaments in that time period when that, those were maybe the tournaments they really could have picked out and won. So, 
So I don't know. I, I think Belgium is probably kind of screwed a little bit from here on out. They may go into, they may be kind of go into the woods a little bit here for a few years. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess this was an okay generation. Great group of talents that could never really coexist well and, and had one really, really good result in a world cup. Um, the, as a golden generation, by the way, have we ever noticed that when someone gets dubbed a golden generation, they usually oh, underachieve. Kiss of death. Oh uh, God. I remember when I started watching soccer or excuse me, football. No wait, It's soccer now. Thank you, Thank Christian. Thanks, Beckham. It's called soccer. Thanks, guys. Um, God, when I started watching it, that was like the England golden generation of mm -hmm. uh, Gerard and Lampard and Beckham and Ferdinand and uh, Paul Scholes. And, oh, man, that group, oh, they were going to do it. They were going to do it. No, they never did it. They never did shit. They never did shit except go piss down their legs at big moments of tournaments. Um, obviously never Steven Gerrard's fault, but oh, you no, know, everybody else, everybody else's fault. Totally. Um, <laughs> you, you know, the Belgians, they were the dark horses in 2014. And all we were heard was, all right, get ready. You know, they're coming at euros. They're coming to the world cup. I think I remember 2016 euros. They underwhelmed. Yeah. I think uh, they lost even, to Wales. In the yeah. Knockout. Like, even finishing third at the World Cup in 2018, they underwhelmed. Mm -hmm. They weren't, you know, it was like, oh, uh, they're here. How did they do that? <laughs> because they never looked good. Um, and now they were they were obviously too far past it. As as Kevin De Bruyne succinctly said, they're too old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that pissed off a, and that pissed off a bunch of old guys. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, obviously, I hate to say, you know, for Jan Vertonghen, whatever your thoughts on Vertonghen now, um, you know, but usually when you're the one who is like, hey, it's like, oh, he's talking about me. Yeah. Let me yell at these damn kids now. <laughs> these damn kids think I'm old. Oh, damn it. They need to turn their music down and go home. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they were just, they were past it. Um, there is a good young group coming up from Belgium right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you saw some of them in this tournament, but as far as, you know, Belgium basically having a team full of star players um, and then having really a generational talent in Kevin De Bruyne, um, I mean, we're kind of, we're past that now. Uh, Lukaku was never what Lukaku was built up to be. Mm -hmm. Um and, and Hazard was going to be a generational talent, and then he just wasn't anymore. Nope. I, I mean, I'm going to tell you, man, Eden Hazard is one of, like, the weirdest, like, what the hell happened to this guy? Mm -hmm. Like, stories out there. Because, I mean, dude, you know, you remember it, obviously, when he was at Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, Hazard was easily one of the five best players in the world, like, hands down. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like it was Messi, Ronaldo. Then there was like that little group right below him, and M. Hazard was like firmly in that group, like right below the big two. Mm -hmm. And then he went to Madrid, and apparently he showed up fat, and it's just been just shit ever since. I mean, complete and utter shit. It's like Hazard didn't even level off. Mm -hmm. 
It's like he went from being amazing to like, you know, playing on the fields of Rocky Mount on on Sunday afternoons. <laughs> it's like he went to that level, you know. And kind of with that went Belgium's chances. Um, the defense, I mean, the whole fact that Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld are still your starting defensive pairing. Yeah, I love them, but that's that's weird. I mean, I mean, Jesus, even Spurs got rid of that like years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's like the club, the club team was like, oh, they're old. All right, we can't do this shit anymore. And, but damn, the national team's still trotting them out there. So. Yeah, it's just, it, it's over. The, the time has come and gone for Belgium. Uh, I think it's Jeremy and, and Joku is a great young talent. Um, you know, he's going to kind of lead whatever that next generation is going to be. But for Belgium, uh, it's it's going to have to be step back before they can step forward again. Mm-hmm. And succinctly at the end of the day, Buckle. Ab. It's a blue layer. And I'll still um, I will go I will go down saying they blew this generation on freaking Roberto Martinez. Who thought yep. that was a good idea? Thousand percent. One thousand percent. Wow, what a joke. <sighs> Group G, uh, which so far has not had too much drama in it. Um, Brazil, yeah. as expected, topped the group um with their two wins. Uh they beat Serbia. In the first matchup, uh, Richarlison with the brace there, including what might be so far the goal of the tournament. Um, Switzerland beat Cameroon. Oh, that was a great goal. Uh, <laughs> that was a great goal. Switzerland uh, beat Cameroon 1-0 in their opener. Uh, and then Serbia and Cameroon played a sloppy yet still entertaining 3-3 draw. And then oh, yeah. Bra- then Brazil just kept pounding away on Switzerland's doorstep. And finally, Casemiro uh just leveled one in in the 83rd minute to win their match one nil. And so we are now to the point where matches are still to be played. So Brazil topped the group at six. Mm-hmm. They are going through, but we'll have to see there. Yeah. There is still a way they could not go out as group winners, but it's very unlikely. Switzerland are currently in second on three points. Cameroon and Serbia both have one. Serbia plays Switzerland. Cameroon plays Brazil. And I got to say, Wes, Brazil, I think, is is my favorite to win this World Cup. And they're not they're not playing the Jogo Bonito that that I know the Brazilians love. Um, And it's kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, not that I was very, you know, aware of what was going on at the time, but a little Mm -hmm. bit just in doing some research, the 94 Brazilian team that won the World Cup Mm -hmm. here in the U.S., um, and that was a team that also did not really play the Jogo Bonito, the beautiful game. And, uh, mm-hmm. and their fans let them hear it right until they yeah. win, won the world cup. And then Dunga came out and went, fuck you. We won the trophy. Fuck you. Um, everyone's like, well, yeah, they did. Okay. Yes, I guess you did. I guess we can't talk about it now until you inevitably fail in France. Um, I, I think I have a little bit of that. I think they, they, they are trying to play it. You have guys like uh, Vinicius and, and a couple others um, that are are trying to kind of bring that mentality back. But mm-hmm. this Brazil team is just so damn solid and they get so much possession and they throw so many chances that with their quality up front, it just feels like a matter of time before eventually they put one in and they almost had to a, a second against, um, I guess it would have been their first against Switzerland, but for a, before a 
a very uh, late offsides call on Richarlison in that buildup. Um, but yeah, I think Brazil just have the feeling of inevitability in a lot of their matches right now. We'll see if that continues going forward. But I think if no other reason that's why I like them to win this World Cup is because they're just so damn solid. As long as they don't get in their own heads like they have at other World Cups, I, I really think this team is built so well to win the whole thing. Well, now, one huge, huge factor that's going to play a point into that is the health of Neymar. Yes. Um, which, go figure, Neymar's hurt. But, but, folks, he's actually hurt. It's not just carnival yes. season. So, um, and, you know, I think everybody listens to this knows most of my opinions on Neymar. Mm-hmm. But, man, Neymar is one of those dudes. He puts on that Brazil shirt, and suddenly he's he's Superman in a Brazil shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and only that, that team feeds off of him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, when he, he hurt his ankle and I, I mean, we haven't really heard totally the extent of the damage on that ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pretty much know, obviously with him going through, he's not going to play the third match. We know that they're going to mm-hmm. hold him until, until they possibly, until as late as they possibly can. But um, Neymar's health is going to be something big for them because, yeah, you know, they can get through the group stage okay without Neymar. I don't think they can win the World Cup without Neymar playing a big part in it uh, because he is, you know, once again, they they do have a team with a ton of talent in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, Neymar is the unquestioned talisman of that team. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think... It's not so much a messy thing where once again they play too messy. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's more just I think when when they see when the other Brazilian players just like see Neymar out there, it's like all right, we got our guy, mm-hmm. we're cool, we're cool. I mean, you you mentioned earlier the 2014 World Cup. I mean, yeah, you know Germany kicked the shit out of Brazil seven one. Neymar didn't play that match. Mm-hmm. He was hurt. He was hurt, you know, I mean, and and to this day, you've got to have that thought in the back of your head. Well, you know, if Neymar is healthy and plays, that's not a 7-1 match. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you that's not a 7-1 match. Now, I'm, I can't say they Brazil would have won it, but it's not a 7-1 match. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I just I think he is he is so important to that team just mentality wise a gulp of all things to say, a leadership role that he takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just, he's that guy who can just, when they're down and they desperately need something, Neymar is a guy who can say, all right, you guys hop on my back. I'm taking us through today. Mm-hmm. And um, if he's not healthy, if he can't go, if he can't go, they're in some real trouble. If he's not healthy, but can still find a way to play, He's still got to keep a keep a really close eye on that. But I mean, I can't disagree with you too much. Uh, Brazil are definitely. I don't have them winning it, but I definitely have them as one of the favorites. And of course, when you have um, you know, when you have the most beautiful man on earth playing goal, you know it, that can really throw some other teams off because they're like, "Oh, I'm going to shoot." Oh God, look at Allison. He's so angelic. Shit, I lost the ball. Thank God he shaved that mustache. Thank God. Oh, I wanted to keep it forever. (laughs) I love mustache, Allison. Oh, man. 
I grew a muzzy, he grew a muzzy lad. <laughs> as we finish off here in group H, um, it's a little bit of uh, the same thing as uh, group G right now. Portugal uh, currently topped the group with six points after beating Ghana 3-2 and then Uruguay 2-0. Ghana sit in second at three points after beating South Korea 3-2. South Korea and Uruguay both at one point after they drew each other in their opening match. Ghana will finish up with Uruguay uh, in the match where everybody in Ghana is going to be cheering against Luis Suarez. And then South Korea will take on Portugal. Um, again, Portugal do lead the group. Um, I haven't been super impressed with Portugal so far. I think I think they were there for the taking in their Ghana match. I think Ghana mm -hmm. could easily have picked up a, at least a result, if not outright one. And then Uruguay just couldn't get over the hump at times. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't been super impressed by Portugal, even though they're, they're sitting on six points right now. I just some of, some of what we thought could happen is happening, and it hasn't proven to be a distraction yet to that team. But man, I'm telling you, Ronaldo, Ronaldo is just up to his bullshit. That whole trying to claim the goal that Bruno Fernandez scored, and Ronaldo's out there. Well, I got my head on it. No, you didn't. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, you know, just God, man, Ronaldo is just all in his shit about trying to make everything about him in this tournament. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once again, you can get through the group stage. They didn't implode. We thought there was a chance they could implode. They haven't done that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you get to knockout, when you get to the knockout round, it's not about Ronaldo trying to claim goals anymore. You know, you, you've mm -hmm. got to, that all has to take a backseat. And it, it just seems like Ronaldo is in this little mode where he, it's like he's trying to personally prove something. And it's like the only thing he's really proven is you're not that dude anymore. Yep. But you can't accept it. And so far it hasn't come back to burn your team, but I just, I, I got this inkling that that could come back to burn them sometime very soon. Um, so, it will, we'll yeah, the, the, the knockout rounds are definitely going to be interested, interesting for them. Uh, again, they have qualified for it. We'll have to see if they do end up going through as group winners. It is likely that they will. Um, and so we can start to kind of project how the bracket looks after that, because here is the matchups going forward. Um, on one half of the brackets, um, so the, the final group winners will uh, fill into the final round of 16 match mm -hmm. on each side of the bracket. One side of the bracket currently looks like this. Um, in one pod, you have Netherlands versus the United States and Argentina versus Australia. In the other pod, you have Japan taking on Croatia and what will most likely be Brazil versus the second place team from Group H. Currently, that is Ghana, but we will have to see if that holds. On the other side, or what I like to call the European side of the bracket. Uh, in one pod, we have England taking on Senegal. And the, and the other matchup in that one is France versus Poland. And in the other pod, we will have Morocco taking on Spain. And then again, most likely Portugal, the winners of Group H versus the runners-up of Group G. That is currently Switzerland. Um, so that would make 
Uh, again, six out of the eight teams on that half of the bracket would be Europeans. Again, the only ones would be Senegal and Morocco, mm-hmm. who would not be. Um, that is if the the tables hold. Um, I I definitely would say the European bracket or half of the bracket, as I'm dubbing it, might be a little tougher. Um, it is why I think that the Dutch, even though they're probably going to have to contend with Argentina, might have a way through to make a deep run because I don't think their 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 path is too terribly hard. Um, their semifinal would potentially be against Brazil, but I mean, hey, if this Dutch team makes the semifinals, that's a that's a huge win in my book. Um, so yeah, I I think there's some very interesting matches. And again, you look at potential quarterfinals again, we could be looking at England, France. We could be looking at Spain, Portugal. Um, and again, Ooh, we might be looking Iberian matchup. I know. And uh and the semis, we could still be looking at Argentina versus Brazil, as we had pegged a little bit at the beginning of this World Cup. Um, thoughts on the uh the knockout rounds with what we know so far and what we can kind of project uh going forward here, Wes. Um, man, all I can say, I'm just, I'm really excited for it. Uh, I haven't gotten to watch a lot of the world cup, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because, you know, uh, during, while it's going on, I've, I'm usually at work. So it makes it a little tough. <sighs> yeah. It's it, the round of 16 is always that round where it's like, we're all looking ahead to the quarterfinals. Because we're like, eh, these are fine, but these aren't like great matchups, whatever, whatever. And then you always get some shockers there. Yep. Somebody's going to get caught like, sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's always, that always ends up being like an elite round of it. Mm-hmm. And it's always the one where we're like, eh, come on, get to the big ones, get to the big ones. But you get some really, really killer matches in the quarters. And man, I'm excited for them. Um, I'm excited for England. I'm, I'm almost as excited for the United States, not quite though, because you guys know you guys know at heart I'm a I'm a colonial uh, loyalist. But anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, this it's it's just going to be a great quarterfinal. Uh, no Germans to deal with, no Belgians to deal with. Um, the the red, black, and yellow flags are just they're just taking this tournament off now, man. Mm-hmm taking it off um as you said going forward i'm looking forward to possibly an an iberian quarterfinal matchup um you know i'm looking forward to you know the normans and uh a rematch of the battle of hastings of uh with uh with uh france and uh england possibly uh argentina i want to see if if um this newfound okay we've got things figured out i want to see if that continues Mm-hmm. So many storylines, so many good things. You know, can go, go USA continue their hot run, or uh, or is the Orange, uh, led by the great Virgil Van Dyke and Louis Van Gogh's army, um, have they have they figured it out? Who knows, man? Guys, this is a fun tournament. I fucking hate that it's in Qatar. Yep. But yeah, I mean, we always knew this tournament had the chance to turn into something great. You know, with just the play on the field. Yeah. And luckily, luckily, I can live with it. If that's how we remember this tournament, man, the play on the field was awesome. Mm-hmm. As long as we also remember and off the field, they're all sacks of shit. <laughs> Perfect. So, Sounds amazing to me. 
There you go. Um, so by next time we play, we will have locked in the round of 16 and we will have played the round of 16. Um, and then we'll be able to preview the quarters and the semifinals uh, as well. So still a lot more to come in this World Cup. Uh, for your news and notes uh, this week, uh, some, of the, some of the stories we can quickly go through here. Um, Cameroon have uh, suspended their goalkeeper, Andre Onana, because of refusal to play balls like the coach wants him to play. It's kind of bizarre, but here we are. Um, from The Athletic, Dominic Feifold and Stuart James had a big article on uh, how injury time has changed this World Cup. And I'm, I mean, it's been no secret. It's been very obvious to everybody watching. You know, you, you're seeing uncommonly eight, nine, ten minutes of stoppage time, especially at the end of the game, being added on. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think that it's very interesting and it kind of calls to mind the some of the leagues and tournaments that have been practicing with, you know, a 60 minute clock that stops when the ball is out of play and, and, and for things mm -hmm. like that. So the, it seems like FIFA is trying to get more into a true stoppage time. Uh, but I don't know if this was the World Cup to try it at, given how, you know, teams are already mostly in the middle of their season and had almost no prep time leading up to this. Don't, mm -hmm. don't know that this was the best tournament they could have. They could have experimented this at, um, but hey, here we here we are. So good job, <laughs> good job, FIFA. Um, again, a couple other quick stories. Again, just on the World Cup in general. Uh, Raphael Honingstein has um, a story how Mesut Ozil was caught in the crossfire of Germany's quote moral hypocrisy row. Um, so go check that out. Mesut Ozil still casting uh, somewhat of a shadow in that region. Uh, by Laura Williamson and Adam Crafton, this was, we talked about Iran earlier, uh, female Iran fans fear state spotters are spying on them at World Cup games. Uh, this is definitely worth a read um, and, again, highlights how scary it can be for the Iranians who came to this tournament, whether it be the players or their fans um, who could do, who are doing that and what they're risking. And then uh, another one by Adam Crafton, watching the World Cup with Qatar's migrant workers and hearing about their lives. Uh, he went to a fan zone that was um, for the migrant workers who can come in on their off time. And he spoke to them about their living conditions, about what they were promised coming to Qatar, what they've actually ended up getting and things like that. So, again, worth a read, especially on the people who who essentially built this World Cup up from the ground. All right. Finally, Wes, in our news and notes, I I keep thinking I'm done with this story. And yet somehow this story keeps coming up and I don't understand anymore. This from Ian McIntosh. <clears throat> Vardy versus Rooney, the Wagatha Christie trial. Extremely funny. But a missed opportunity. Apparently, there is now a stage play in England. Shut the fuck up. I am not joking. Go read the article by Ian McIntosh on The Athletic. I, I just, I don't understand why this is a thing. It, I'm I'm so tired of this story. I mean, it's great in one part, but oh my god, oh my god, 
man. So anyway, that's um, that is definitely. Please go read it. It's worth the read for the review of the play itself. But oh god, this story just will not die, Wes. Well, just hopefully it'll never make it to Broadway. Ah, that's the hope. Maybe maybe it can come to the D pack. No. Now, if it comes to D-Pack, dude, we're getting front row. Or we're getting orchestra. Or where, wherever the <laughs> hell you sit for a good play, that's where I want to sit. Oh, I'll go see that in a heartbeat. Oh, my God. Um, that'll do it. Uh, but we would be remiss if we didn't pimp the athletic. Wes, what you been reading in the athletic of this week? <clears throat> oh, my goodness. There's, a, there's some really good stuff this week. Um, <clears throat> I'll throw a football one out there real quick. Uh, Argentina's Paulo Dybala. Mm. My, if my uh, thing will open here, uh, is the missing piece in a Polish family. Uh, here it is: a Polish family divided by war. Wow. Um, so you know, apparently, Dybala like could have could have like played for Poland if uh, if life had taken a few different turns for him. Um, Really interesting little story. Dabala is one of those guys who was was going to be the next big thing and then went to Juventus and was like, he was really good at Juventus, but he wasn't quite the next big thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, interesting, interesting guy, good player, um, and a really, really interesting story when you jump back into his family's history and um just some good stuff there uh here we go folks it is silly season once again in college football um people are getting fired and hired and everything just is happening uh the university of nebraska has hired former carolina panthers head coach matt rule um and a oh, i think it's a good hire um because fuck the panthers nobody's winning that yeah dirt shit horrible franchise uh but a a cool story here go totally underground with this unraveling nebraska's 76 day coaching search folks nebraska they're insane they love their football way too much at times um but but check that out a really good jump into uh what what they've been up to really for the last three months uh and finally ed one that uh may touch a little close to your heart David Shaw's end at Stanford lost identity oh. and complacency derail a one. golden run. Yep. Um, you know, David Shaw, the all-time winningest coach in Stanford history, has taken Stanford to some really good spots. Uh, they have been on a steady decline over the last three, four seasons, though. There are a lot of reasons. Um, and for maybe for David Shaw, it was just it was just time to go. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, eventually we all kind of get to a point where it's like it's just time to go. But going forward, that Stanford job, man, that is a tough one. Yeah, that is a tough one, especially with the rule changes in college football. The early signing period, you know, Shaw's talked about the early signing period really does them no favors because, you know, usually Stanford doesn't let you know you're getting admitted to like December at the earliest of your senior year. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is like Stanford doesn't really drop standards for athletes. Nope. 
Not no, they may. Portal either. Yep. Oh God, yeah. I mean, and you, good fucking luck on anything transferring into Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, and also then guys like the graduate transfers, mm-hmm. like Stanford loses guys every year because they still got the eligibility. And like apparently, if you go to Stanford as an undergrad, good fucking luck getting into grad school at Stanford. Yep. I mean, it's just like you know they they want that new blood. That you can blame them. I mean, hey, they they they've done pretty well as a university. So you know, yeah, I mean, you know the the transfer portal. But but the thing is, Stanford is not gonna bend over for anybody when it comes to sports. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, you know we'd love to be good at sports. I mean, we like being good at sports. But they're good at the just about time, every sport except like the ones that make money, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But but I mean, you know, it's just it's one of those things where they're like, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna sacrifice our integrity and what mm-hmm. we believe in um for football. And you know, I'm a huge football fan, but I I've always admired Stanford as an academic institution. I think it's an awesome place. So, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, no, you need to lower your standards for football. No, no. Um, and the thing is, I still think somebody can go in and do well at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Somebody will figure it out is the thing. Um, it's just, you know, for David Shaw, he did awesome in his time. And I think maybe now it's just, um, it's just an end for him. Mm-hmm. It's just an end. Um We'll see if Stanford can get back. I don't know if Stanford will ever get back to where they've been under Shaw and Jim Harbaugh in that mm-hmm. era that they're coming out of now. I don't know if they'll ever have that kind of success again. But, um, I mean, Stanford is definitely not dead and gone when it comes to college football. Yeah. It, it is going to be interesting to see them going forward because, again, I, I was not – I mean, I mean, I made it sound like a joke. They are amazing in virtually every sport Yeah, does not – make money so it's oh, yeah. like it's you know the, football, the country the country club sports mm-hmm. the olympic sports mm-hmm. they're great yeah it's just football and men's basketball even baseball they're they're fantastic in um mm-hmm. most years but yeah football and men's basketball they just haven't been able to be consistent in them women's basketball they're great tara vandeveer as long as she doesn't keep opening her mouth as an amazing coach she um, better not come at libby or she gonna catch it though all yeah. i can say so it's, as a loyal like, as a loyal Libby follower, <laughs> uh, I will say I read that article you're you're referencing, and man, this this one line in it really like just punched me in the gut. Um, Coach Shaw is everything that's right about football. One former staff member said, "But football is not about being right; it's about winning." And I was like, yep. "Oh fuck!" Auburn uh, fans just said, "That's right, motherfuckers." Yep. Oh, that's a gross one. Mm, not, not our, not our, our, our morale, our morality goes as far as well. He beat Saban twice. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. All right. That's uh, that's uh, <laughs> even for the SEC. That's uh, ugh. oh boy. All right. Uh, my stories <laughs> for this week. Uh, Matt Slater. Uh, kind of touched on something we touched on last week a little bit. Uh, Liverpool and Manchester United up for sale. Which is the more appealing club to buy? Um, Matt Slater taking his uh, his normally critical and fun eye to both these storied clubs, and uh, just kind of talking about you know their current situation and and what's going on and what one could expect if they uh, they pick it up. So again, it's a long read, but it is a is a very great read as always from Matt Slater. Um, 
I kind of referenced this earlier, but this one from Oliver K. Luis Suarez's handball 12 years on. The whole of Ghana hates him and we want revenge. Yes, I do. Um, Ghana hates Luis Suarez because 12 years ago, he ha- uh, committed an intentional handball in the box to deny Ghana what would have been a knockout stage winning goal. Um, the He was given the red card. Uh, Ghana mm-hmm. missed the ensuing penalty and then lost in penalties after that, um, which a lot of people in the comments were kind of, I guess, right to point out. Like, you know, if you just if you just bury the yes. penalty, none of this matters. But yeah, it was uh, they they still very, very much hate him. Um, mm-hmm. And it's and of course, these two teams will be going at, at it tomorrow. Um, so that's that's a good read from Oliver K in the background there. And then um, I'm going to throw this one in there. Uh, by Daniel Brown, I assume not the the Da Vinci Code writer, um, reporting out of San Francisco about three weeks a little late on this, but still, I guess it's better than nothing. Uh, following League of Legends Worlds, Deft reflects on triumph over Faker. And the best way I have to explain this story is, Wes, imagine following Randy Johnson through his entire career up to mm-hmm. 2001 and him finally breaking through in the world series and beating the New York Yankees. And then imagine though, that in the deciding game, he beat Roger Clemens and he and Roger Clemens both went to the same high school. That is essentially what happened here uh, in San Francisco about three weeks ago. Uh, (laughs) Deft uh, and um, who is a player for the team who won the world championship in league of legends this year. Uh, God, I've just forgotten their name. DRX. Um, they they won over uh, T1, which is actually owned by Comcast, funnily enough. Um, they have the best player in the world named Faker, um, who is essentially the Michael Jordan of this eSport. And Adeft and Faker actually went to the same high school in South Korea. And Faker has had this long story career. He's won three titles. Um, and is again one of the best players ever. Deft, one of the best players to never win, which is why I liken him to Randy Johnson because Randy Johnson was one of the best pitchers to throw uh, to ever pitch in the majors until he got that World Series win in 2001 with the Diamondbacks. So, <clears throat> so yeah, big there. But if you want to go read about it uh, and what it meant to uh, for Deft, who but again because they are Korean was facing potential uh, mandatory uh, military service, as all Koreans do. We, we know that with some young men uh, mm-hmm. over at Tottenham. So the, he was a, uh, actually pretty close to that line because he's about, I believe, 28 now. So he was getting very close to potentially having to retire to go do his, mm-hmm. um, his year of mandatory service. Um, so big there, big, big stuff there. And uh, so you can go again, read about that from Daniel Brown. Um, very disappointing. I compared him to Randy Johnson, but his team ended up being more like the Florida Marlins in that they won the title and then immediately let <laughs> everybody go because they couldn't afford them. <laughs> yeah, it's the Marlin way. <laughs> I was like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> this was so fast. This happens. Oh, they have no money. This is tragic. Um, so yeah, those are my stories of the week. So I've I've been waiting with bated breath for so long. Take us home, Wes Bradshaw. Let's do the watch for <laughs> what have you been watching in the week that was or the week that will be. Okay, so first I'm gonna give you the legit movie that I watched this past weekend. Okay. 
And then I'm going to give you one that I've discovered that I'm very excited about. Okay. Uh, this weekend, my kid was over here. We watched Slumberland. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of this one. I have it is not. a it is a Netflix uh, Netflix movie starring uh, the lovely Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the premise of it is a uh, little girl, the main character in it. She's um 11, I believe. So yeah. Right, right there around my kid's age. Um, her dad, played by Kyle Chandler, um, the wonderful Kyle Chandler, mm-hmm. uh, he passes away early in the movie. And while there, it's, it's a fun adventure movie, but there are a lot of like kind of deep moments of loss and sadness and uh, loneliness, a lot of things in it. But um, basically the little girl... Um, goes on an adventure through her dreams um, with Jason Momoa being um, kind of like her guide, mm-hmm. but, but not totally. It's like, he's very mischievous and he's a, he's a bandit. And um, it's, it's this wild little deal where uh, her dad had told her these stories for years and um, things things all come around and tie up in a bow. And it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. There's a lot of fun in it, but there are a lot of moments. I mean, my kid was crying like two or three times during the movie. Um, but it was really good. It was really okay. good. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Y'all, y'all might want to check it out. Maybe at least Google it, check it out, see what you think. Interesting. Okay. So there's a legit movie. And oh. the next movie comes out in February. I have two words for you. Cocaine bear. <laughs> I saw this on my Twitter feed yesterday. What the fuck is this? I have never been more excited after watching a trailer in my life. Apparently, this is like based on a true story. This like actually happened. So I think the premise is like these uh these drug dealers were like flying a shit ton of cocaine over like Tennessee. And apparently, I don't know what happened, but for whatever reason, they had to like dump their load and it falls into like this national forest, like outside of Knoxville. And like this bear just eats like a shit ton of cocaine. Now, I don't know how far this actually went because then he goes on like a murder spree. (laughs) And it's a bear hound cocaine just murdering people. It's fucking awesome. I love bears. I love cocaine. And I love what cocaine does to bears. It was one of the best trailers I've ever watched. I'm so excited. I can't wait to go see this movie because I want to see a bear totally laced up on cocaine murdering people. Merry Christmas, folks. I'm what's wrong with America. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I'm checking out this trailer, I guess, when we finish. And, uh, yeah, I just, wow. Wow. Man, Elizabeth Banks might have the most bizarre film career of anyone on this planet. I, I'm pulling up because it's not, I don't believe she's actually in this movie, but I believe she's producing it. Um, and so I just need to go through we're gonna go through her imdp page real quick because i feel like best in show yeah best in show uh she was in the hunger games she was in the lego movie she was in charlie's angels 
Uh, she was in um, she was in the Pitch Perfect series. Uh, she was in Web. Oh Hunter. God, she is she is magnificent in the Pitch Perfect series. Um, she was in Wet Hot American Summer series. Uh, a couple yes. movies. Yes, Lindsay. Um, oh my God. Um, she uh, was... she's in uh, she's in Zach and Mary make a porno. Yep. Uh, she's been in th- shows like Robot Chicken and Family Guy. Um, what to expect when you're expecting? Um, oh, she was in Thirty Rock. Yep. Um, she was in Role Models. Um, <laughs> she was in uh, yeah. Just so many crazy. She was in Spider-Man Three. Holy shit! I didn't even know that. Um, she was in Slither. Um, she was in the Forty-Year-Old Virgin. Like oh yeah, oh yes, she was. Oh my goodness! Just, just a very. She's had a, she's had a great career. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure that's just her acting filmography. I was going through. Yeah, so she's also. Let me let me pull up. Okay, so that includes her. Uh, so her producer and credits include. Um, Cocaine Bear, as we now know, apparently. Um, a new Pitch Perfect TV show, um, and a couple other things, uh, including Resident Advisors uh, and Surrogates. She was somehow involved in that movie. And then as the director, she was... Let's see if I can scroll down here. Oh, she was also in the Power Rangers movie. I forgot about that. She mm-hmm. was in the Power Rangers movie. Uh, she also directed um, Charlie's Angels, again, movie 43, um what a what a weird career what a weird career congratulations elizabeth banks congratulations this is just you know maybe another weird turn in that so i think it's like her and um charlie's theron feel like Hmm. they're the two of them are just up for like whatever like it's just just like they just love being in movies man it it, because it seems like they'll be like yeah you know what Dumb comedy, you know, ch- child murder thing, mm-hmm. whatever. Throw me in <laughs> it. Let's go. So big, big ups to them. Big ups to them. Uh, but that is going to do it for uh, this edition of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Episode four, four, one is in the books. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us this week. Um, as always, want to give thanks to our podcast providers, including Anchor, powered by Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Um, you can also find us on social media as a collective. We are at AFA pod on Twitter. We don't yet have hive Wes. You are. I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. I'm at Edward green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, the all new sports show and email us at all new sports show at gmail.com. So with that, we are going to be out of here uh, until next week when we come back and summarize the first set of knockout stage matches and look ahead to the quarterfinals but before we head out Wes anything else you want to add uh, on the football spectrum um, very disappointed to say Northern Nash playing for a chance to go to the state title game oh, no. Friday night Oh no! I, know. I, I really need that to change I, I don't need that to happen <laughs> hey 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 that's a weird <laughs> hatred. Um, but no, in all in all honesty, congratulations. So maybe had a hell of a year and yeah, I still need them to lose on Friday night. <laughs> uh conference championship games are this weekend. Um I guess the biggest one to keep your eye on Friday night, the Pac 12 title game. If USC wins, um I think if USC wins, that will pretty much sew up the um the 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 playoff mm-hmm. 
Um, the other three undefeated. I think the other three could all stand a loss and stay in the playoff. You think but, TCU uh, you, I think TCU, as long as they didn't get their asses just stomped in, mm-hmm. I think it'd be hard to take them out of it. Okay. So USC, USC is basically standing between us and having to see Ohio State in the playoffs. So. Yeah. So, um, so uh, da 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 Trojans never busted. That's my car crime, West Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us this week here, and we'll catch you next time. Until then, please stay safe and enjoy the football. Good night, Everton fans. You still suck. There you go. Always will. Just had to throw that in there. (laughs) Couldn't leave the pod without getting one shot at them. Got to, man. Got to.